So welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders, and thinkers. Today, I'm joined by Arne Mose, and uh, you're very welcome, Arne, to the podcast today. Let me begin by asking you to introduce yourself to our international audience today, and tell us a little bit about the things that you're involved in, because I get a feeling that it's going to be very interesting with all the different elements uh, that you are involved in around the world. So over to you, Arne. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for having me here. Uh, it's a great pleasure and honor for me. And uh, <clears throat> well, yeah, well, basically there are two things I'm, I'm really involved in. Uh, one thing is um, something called the Identity Compass. The Identity Compass is a profiling system which measures how people construct their thinking in a very detailed and a very precise way. <clears throat> Uh, I mean, there are many, many, there are thousands of profiling systems on this planet. Most of them just uh, put pe people into four or eight or 16 boxes. And some do, do people uh, put into 200 and something boxes. That's the most you usually can get. Uh, <clears throat> my question to those people who love that is, well, would you like to use a smartphone with just uh, four or 16 or just even 256 pixels? Would you like to use that? No, definitely not. Uh, <clears throat> the identity compass um, generates such a big number. I, I calculated that once. It, I even don't know how to express it. Uh, <clears throat> but I can tell you, with currently 8 billion people on this planet. And if you believe in reincarnation, you can reincarnate four and a half billion times before you have to pick up a used profile. It's incredible. And still each of that, uh, <clears throat> uh, these um, billions and billions and billions and billions of profiles uh, you can get each of them into 20 different um, shades. So the actual number is, is much, much, much higher. That's staggering. Uh, why did I do that? Uh, I, I was in, uh, <clears throat> in computer business uh, for, for uh, a number of years. And due to, uh, during my professional career, I had to do or pass a lot of profiling systems. And I never found myself in, in those uh, <clears throat> profiles. Even they, they were giving me uh, answers, which, which I thought, no, that's, that's not, absolutely not you. Never, never, never. And uh, <clears throat> then I came across something which I call today, thanks to Dr. Darren Stevens, I call that today cognitive intentions. And I had to do, uh, or people were asking me to do a course about these uh, cognitive intentions. And I thought, well, gee whiz, I, I haven't understood those cognitive intentions. So how can I teach something which I haven't understood? And then I <clears throat> remembered my, um, my, um, my teacher in physics uh, when we were, uh, having our Matura party, one of my uh, colleagues asked him, well, 
is it true that you had a very, very bad, uh, um, oh, I don't know the, the English word, um, very, very bad grade in Matura in, in physics? And he said, yes, that's true. And then I thought to, uh, <clears throat> to diminish that gap by a longer study at university. And so I started to, to study uh, these cognitive intentions very, very much. And that's something I'm doing now for almost 30 years. And um, so, and I, yeah, I, I, at the beginning, I was asking a lot of uh, colleagues, oh, can you tell me something about that? Uh, um, I have, you know, these and these and these questions. And they all went, oh no, these questions, uh, don't ask them. They, they will put you on the wrong path. Um, um, th those are not appropriate questions. And finally, I came across um, one of the leading hacks uh, in, in a certain psychological field, which is Robert Dills. And I asked him the same questions and he went, Hmm, interesting questions, Arne. Um, I don't have an answer, but I think there should be one or some. And I said, well, how about finding out? And he said, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Well, how would you like to do that? I said, well, we probably should develop a questionnaire and then get many, many people answering it. And then we go through it statistically and we should, we should find some answers. And <clears throat> Then they, um, uh, he said, yeah, can I support you? Yes, of course, please send me some material. And he sent me some unpublished material at least at that time unpublished. And I started to develop a questionnaire which took me together with a colleague from Munich about four and a half years for the first shot. And then I, um, um, I used it in a training for a um, German subsidiary over Swiss company, where I introduced myself as a trainer. And the, the CEO of the company said, well, Mr. Maus, we have here a problem in one division, the servers and the uh, sales, they're fighting each other and they're fighting each other so bad that customers complain not anymore with the division manager, but directly with me. And I'm fed up with that, I'll give you two days to fix this, can you manage? And I took a deep breath and said, yes. Uh, because I, I knew I had that questionnaire and um, I sent it out to everybody and the salespeople all answered, yes, yes, yes. So we learned something about ourselves, right? And then the, uh, <clears throat> the service people showed up with the trade union, psychological profile, not with us. And then I uh, explained to them why I need this. So I even don't want to know who answered which questionnaire. I just need the results so that I can help to overcome that bad situation. And uh, <clears throat> then they um, agreed all of them to do it. And then I published you know, all the results anonymously onto the wall. And I went through, you know, scale by scale, 
and you know when there were big differences how this person would act and react and how this person would act and react and how they think about each other and when i was on the third or fourth scale they all started to giggle and said well this is just like with us i said hey guys this is your profiles <laughs> and then they started to understand that the others are not idiots but just people who think in a different manner and uh, then we made some exercises where the opposite way of thinking was an advantage and they understood oh wow they're not just not idiots but they are also complementary to my own thinking wow what could we achieve you know if we work together and the war they initially had was immediately over and by the by the results i could also see that the service was part of the problem because the service people came up with solutions too quickly so quite often the, the solution didn't fit the, to the problem uh, so it, just one ex short example customer sent uh, called up uh, he received a new device and it wasn't showing the options he wanted to have um, it wasn't working the way he wanted it to work and then so he called up the service and the serviceman said well which device oh yeah we know that problem please send it in and um he sent it in and already one week later he got the device back so they were really really well organized and the customer switched the device on and same problem so he called again the service and this time he wasn't that nice and he said well you haven't done anything you know bah, 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 bah. and the service said we have checked it everything is okay yeah but it doesn't show that and then okay um have you switched on this item in the menu uh which yeah go into the menu to that and that item and is this on or off it's off okay switch it on yes okay and now it's working so was the customer happy now no because he he thought well that bloody idiot he could have told me already a week ago and was the serviceman happy that he could help uh, the customer no he just thought he's he's too stupid to read the fucking manual <laughs> and so we did another two and a half days training where uh, they, um, where we developed a procedure, uh, how to come from global questions step-by-step step into more detailed questions. That's something which, um, so following such procedures, procedure-oriented people can do very well. And all the service people were very procedure-oriented, but they were not, but those people are not able to develop a procedure they just can follow it you need option oriented people to do you know to make uh, procedures and so <clears throat> i help them because I'm, I'm very option oriented and so um and after that there was no claim anymore for four and a half years and uh, <clears throat> then this department or this division was sold to another company and i lost simply contact and this really convinced me, well, 
that's something which should go to the world because originally I just wanted to have for myself to do my own studies. That's, that was the idea. So I, I brought it uh, you know, to the market in, in Germany and then a lot of potential customers said, well, where is the scientific device, um, um, proof uh, that um, this is valid? And it measures what, what, what you, you tell us that it measures. So, and I, I said, well, you know, what do you need a scientific proof for? I mean, science has proven so many things like the earth is flat and dare you, you had a different opinion. Uh, if you feel it in your guts that this really matches you, then that's the best proof you can get. And finally, I, I was really fed up by, by all these requirements. So I was, was looking around, well, who is the number one authority in, uh, you know, at least in Germany? Um, and if he says, this is good, you know, everybody will keep their mouth shut. And uh, so I came across a Professor Ansfried Weinert at the University of the German Army in Hamburg. And I simply called him up. And of course I didn't get through, but I got to his assistant, Dr. David Schaeffer. And he got interested by what I was telling him. And then I, um, he said, well, well, why don't you come along and, and show it to me? And that was just a 20 minutes drive at, from my home at that time. So I just popped around and, uh, <clears throat> and I showed it to him. And he said, well, may I have a look at the questions? Yes, and he looked at it. I said, wow, I've never seen such questions. That looks really interesting. I'm, I'm interested to have a deeper look into that. And I, I was, at that point, I was very proud and said, well, we have been working on that for four and a half years. And he simply said, yes, I can see that. And I said, oh gosh, how do you see this? I mean, hmm? and he said, well, you know, sometimes people come along and they have been working something, you know, for, for six months and they think they found the Philosopher's Stone. Um, no, that, that's just rubbish. And, but no, this year has quality and I'm really interested to have a deeper look into it. Uh, well, may I have a look at the scales? Oh, interesting scales. I've, I've never seen it that way. Uh, and then motives, influence, affiliation and achievement. You're not talking about David McClelland, uh, you know, the basic motives from David McClelland, uh, the MIT Boston. Yes, I do. I'm, no, 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 Mr. Mouse. This is impossible. It's, uh, you know, thousands of uh, psychologists have tried to, to uh, you know, to do that. And it's common sense in science and it's scientifically proven that um, you cannot measure motives with, um, with the questionnaire like you have developed. This is only possible with a so-called projective test where you see some fuzzy pictures and you interpret what you see. And then if somebody is well educated and has at least two years of experience, he can guess somewhat your motives. And I said, well, at least we're measuring something. So let's have a look what it is. And he said, yeah, good idea. Three months later, he came to me and said, congratulations, Mr. Mouse, you've done it. 
So I have to excuse with science for doing something which is impossible. And my excuse is I didn't know. <laughs> That's very good. Very good. Yeah. So, 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 to, so today, in terms of the, obviously there was four and a half years went into it on. That's a lot of work. And then you had some success with that large organization. And then, you know, you got in, you got involved then and you had some more, I suppose, authentication of the work. Um, what about what about use cases today? Because obviously you set your business up quite a quite a number of years ago now. Um, yeah. So how how is it used today? Like what kind of activities are you involved in today when it comes to this great body of work that you've really poured a lot of heart, passion and soul into? Uh, well, actually, I, um, Dr. Schaeffer found at that time that some of the questions were very strong and some were a little bit weak. And he gave uh, me about six suggestions, uh, which I followed all of them. And then he retested and he was blown, blown away by the results then. And he said, well, he... He expected some improvement, but never that much. Uh, we have now um, Chromebus Alpha, uh, the inner consistency, which is basically if you take one half, the answers of one half of the question, compare them to the other half of the questions, they should be about the same. If they are like this or like this, then there's something wrong. And uh, we have an inner consistency of uh, 0.70 to 0 0.95, 0 0.70 is the minimum in average required, but we have in average 0 0.85, which is extremely good. And uh, we, and due to that, he gave to me something he had developed as an exclusive uh, license world, uh, worldwide, where we measure the working climate. And it's interesting to see uh, how people think and how this uh, correlates with the working environment and, you know, and vice versa. So today we are, um, we can measure whether somebody is, uh, is in the danger of burnout or is in the danger of burnout, which is interestingly almost as often as burnout. And we can see whether somebody is running a self-sabotage strategy uh, because all of this are mental strategies. Burnout is a mental strategy. Yeah. Um, that's something I learned by the Identity Compass. And the Identity Compass, that's the name of the tool, is now available in 21 languages and in more than 40 countries. And you can answer it, for instance, in English. And <laughs> you can look at the results, and of course, in English, but also in any other uh, implemented languages like Russian, uh, Indonesian, Japanese, or Turkish, or you know, all Western European uh, languages are in there as well. Yeah, it seems to be um, exceptionally uh, well regarded. Uh, yes, uh, it, it is. Uh, I have one customer from. Uh, South Africa, he had much more experience with personality profiles than I ever had. And he was using the identity compass and then he called me just to tell me, hey Arne, the identity compass is not years ahead of the competition, but light years. 
that was wow of course but at the same time it's also the kind of problem it's uh people don't believe it how good it is until they have done it for themselves and then they are just blown away so, uh, so can, can i ask you something then on because i know that you 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 wrote a book um getting people yes. right getting people right was the title yes that, i think exactly. on, its, on its third or fourth edition now um could yes. you maybe just spend a moment just tell us a little bit about what may what prompted you to write that and you know what that book is about because i think that would be interesting to our audience well it basically show it explains all the these cognitive intentions one by one and how they are used in day-by-day -day life and how they matter in day-by-day -day life uh, especially in professional life I, I i wrote it for the professional context but you can adapt all these things also for your private life one-to-one -one. and um I think it was an, uh, an HR manager from uh, HR director from the UK who said, we are hiring people because of their education and their experience, and we fire them for their behavior. And um, it's, it's always how, how things fit together. There, none of the results of the identity commas is good or bad. It is just a compass there. You are where you are and you may like it or not, but you are where you are and it's good to know where you are because when you want to set direction to any place, you need to know where you are because if you don't know where you are, you, you may set the wrong direction. No. If, if we both would go to London, we would have to, uh, to, to set completely different directions, right? From the position where we are. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah. And that's, uh, and that's what the identity compass is about. And we don't, when, when you read a profile, it just explains the scales. It does not say, well, you are like this and you are blah, blah, blah. No, it explains every scale and it gives you also the idea if you want to pick up another uh, scale, you can do and you can try on your own and it helps you to develop yourself and that's one of the main targets why i'm using and and spreading the identity compass i'm you know i'm licensing it all over the world to consultants and trainers so that they can use it and they can do also uh trainings in behalf of uh, the identity compass uh, you know licensing trainings so that you can help people to develop themselves and that they can uh, be the best version of themselves. And uh, for coaches, it saves about uh, five to six se uh, sessions uh, and, and get them directly to the point. And usually you just have five sessions a, a, as a coach. And when you have to find out uh, how this person constructs their thinking to help the person, and you need all the five sessions, there's not much room, you know, to support them in their development. So um, the result of coaching become much more sustainable. And yes, uh, yeah. I get that. That makes a lot of sense. 
And I suppose a, a follow-on question to that, if I can just jump in, is I'm when you're talking on, it's making me think about the last couple of years that the world's been through in terms of the pandemic. It's making yeah. me think about the stock markets today and what's happening. Uh, and then we've got war in parts of the world. And it seems quite... Um, quite rocky you know it, 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 it isn't stable at all and I'm just wondering on your views there when that comes to things like you mentioned burnout earlier uh, or bore yeah. out I think was the other term that you use which, you, yes, which is right I haven't actually heard that term before um, well, and I'm just thinking about all these big organizations that were used to you know big offices everybody going in and now they've all had to go remote and all these departments and processes and systems are all trying to come together. That must be a real sweet spot for the identity compass. Yes, it is. Yes. And it, it's also, I don't know whether you know, but it's about 95% um, of all mergers fail. It's, at least it's over 90% of all mergers fail. And it doesn't need to be always the Daimlers and Chryslers where Daimler lost about 60 billion US dollars, which is a lot of money. Grandma has to do a lot of knitting for that. Uh, um, what the identity compass can do, it can measure the culture within an organization. So once you know the culture, you know how to build bridges. And bridges are the most complex and complicated buildings you can do. But if you don't have them, you go just down and you fail. And at least you have then uh, a good foundation to say, yes, we do this or we better stop it. Because it's not the, the spreadsheet which tell you, you know, companies are much more than numbers. Yeah, I love I love that. And I, I love the idea of measuring the culture of organizations and building those bridges because it's it's like it back to your earlier example when you're talking the difference between the sales department and the service department, building those bridges in an internally within an organization makes a huge difference to the bottom line of a company when things start to work correctly. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's the idea. And it's, it's, it's always been uh, yeah, one of my core values to help people to live a better life because I've been going through, uh, you know, when, when I was still working in companies, I've, I've seen so many things going wrong. And I, I was sometimes also part of doing things wrong. And... Uh, <clears throat> The last company where I was uh, employed had a growth rate of 100% in one year, which is fabulous. And they had, at the beginning of the year, they had 30 employees and by the end, 31. So you think everything is perfect. Well, beside the fact that 29 people left the company within that one year, <laughs> and I was number 29. And one and a half year to, years later, uh, the company went bankrupt. So I, at that time, at that point, that was really a point, turning point for me. And I said, well, Arne, you know now 
how not to do it, but how to do it better. And this gave to me a lot of motivation to become a trainer and to um, bring this uh, knowledge then to companies. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I think and, that's, a, that's interesting, Arnie, because what you've said there is that, it, like my initial thought was when you said, you know, they had, you know, relatively small amount of employees, you know, 30 odd employees. But in the year, they, they had 100% growth, uh, yet they had roughly the same amount of employees. And I'm thinking, well, that's great. Their business has grown by 100%. Their costs are pretty stable. That's really, really good. But it's only when you say, yes, but they turned over the vast majority of those people. And within a few short years, that, that culture had killed them. Um, yes. So it's a short-term win and a lot of long-term pain, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah right. Well, look, I, I want to change gears just a little bit, if I can, um, because you touched on a few things. You talked touched on burnout, and you talked, you know, talked about you know helping people. But from a health perspective, and from a doing good perspective, whether that's your own health, your own well-being, or helping others around the world, I know you're involved in some other things there. So, could you maybe share a little bit about that as well, if you don't mind? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do that. So I'm, I'm uh, part of a team which is called Positive Global Change, and the name is Program. Uh, this was uh, founded by a person which I admire very, very much. Her name is Dr. Angels Munoz, and she's Spanish. And I met her in Germany when she was living still in Germany. And she is a kind of mentor to me. And about um, 14 or 15 years ago, she introduced me to something which is called, uh, which is called immune regulators. And uh, I'm, ever since then, I'm taking these immune regulators. And I was taking them for about one year and I thought they don't make a difference really. Uh, and, and I went to my wife but just in, in that moment, I realized that my sinusitis problems I had here, or sinusitis problems, I, I always had throughout my life was gone. And I went to my wife and said, hey, this is, it's gone. Do you think it's related to those capsules? And she looked at me and said, hey, Anna, are you crazy? You have been taking anti, or you had to take antibiotics for up to five times per year in recent years. And the entire last year, you not once. I said, of course, you're right. And uh, this is now 14 or 15 years ago, and I still haven't. So, and what um, it made me feel better, it made me feel younger, and I even look younger. Well, I was going to say, I don't know if you're familiar with the film Benjamin Button, but you, you're getting younger as I look at you through the years. I don't know what magic is going on there, Arnie, but you're definitely looking better than you did 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you know? So there's some, there's some magic happening there for sure. Yeah, yes, it is. They, they, um, uh, they have a juice um, which is... Uh, made from red fruits from all over the world. There are, uh, there's even also the acai uh, fruit from, from the Amazon uh, is in there. And it's, 
uh, and it's containing also these immune regulators and they have made at the Longevity Institute of California, they tested it and they had uh, a test group of, uh, I don't know, uh, 50 people or something. And uh, they divided, they split them in two groups and they were all between 50 and uh, 70 or something like that. And one group got um, this special juice and the other, the other group got, got a nice fruit juice. And it was in a double blind test. And before they started the test, they were uh, detecting the biological age of each person, which is different from your life age, right? or can be different. And what happened is that after six week, weeks, when they, when they stopped that uh, test, um, the there was no change on the fruit juice uh, group uh, on the normal, on, but on the special fruit juice, um, they were an average five years younger, the biological age, which is incredible. And I, I found it on myself. I, I was taking um, that fruit juice for about three years. Um, in between, I never met uh, my partner from Norway. Uh, or just after three years, I, I, I met that partner from uh, Norway. And the first thing she said to me when she saw me, hey, Arno, what have you done? You're looking so much younger. Which, which was a kind of surprise for me, be, be, just because I, I see myself every day in the mirror. So I, I don't see the difference. Yeah, but you, you celebrated a big birthday not too long ago, and people must say it to you. You must get it all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm happy to tell that I'm over seventy years old now. I. I. I was. I turned seventy last November. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't want to say, but thanks for sharing that because I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm okay with that. Yeah, you're. You're definitely. Uh, whatever you're doing, you're doing something right. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's. Well, those things help. Uh, the other thing is. Um, that you um, uh, eat well, you wouldn't put rubbish in your car, you know, uh, as gas, you know, you, you would always take, you know, the right version for it. So the same is true for the human body. And the other thing is you have to love yourself. And that's something I, one of my favorite advices I give to people is, uh, I tell them, when you wake up in the morning and you go to the bath, look, look into the mirror and say, hi, honey, I love you. You know what, Arnie? I, I love that because on one hand, you, you're extremely scientific. You've got four and a half years into these questions. You're, you're dealing with top doctors and scientists and you, you, you're really studying things down. And yet on the other side of that scale, you've got the the emotion and the the love, you know, which I suppose ties back to a little bit into human behavior, I suppose. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, it's it's just important to help people. I got this advice once, too. And, and when I tried this the first time, you know, I thought I need to to d diminish in the floor. You know, <laughs> I was just thinking, no, no, I can't do that. 
But today I can look into my eyes and say, hey, good to see you. I love you. And that's very cool. And that takes some time, yes. But what, what happens is you feel better. And if you don't love yourself, why should anybody else love you? Hmm. Right. So it's all, it's all starts with yourself. And the, the other thing is you can't change other people. I mean, if you consider how difficult it is to change yourself, you, you can start to understand why you, it's so, so difficult to change other people. It's impossible. Yeah, and I suppose a lot of your work and research, it helps people understand other people, not necessarily change. Yes, right? it's the yes, it does. To together it does. of the different behavior types. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's um, that's the, the main goal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, and I, but I, I was talking about that positive global change, and uh, what um, that um, Dr. Andrew Tony. She, she is uh, for about 10 years, she is, you know, she loves dolphins. She loves dolphins ever since she was a kid. And when she was five years old, she, you know, she decided for herself, one day I'm going to help dolphins. But she never knew how to do that. And then uh, she, she started uh, this um, business uh, with these um, immune regulators. And what happened is um, she made so much money, you know, you know, through also through the team that she pays for 10 years now for the dolphins in the bay in Japan. And she, they pay the, uh, the fishermen that they don't slaughter the dolphins anymore. And it is controlled. So they don't, don't just get the money, it's also controlled. So it's proven it, it helps. And there is a, a very nice area nearby Barcelona, which is Mon La Bassa. And it's a, it's a refugee area for, um, what's it called? Um, for animals. So there are uh, like pigs. A, like a, a sanctuary uh, kind of thing. Yes, yes. And there are hundreds of, uh, of uh, animals, um, which, you know, bird left alone, or you know, cats, dogs, birds, um, pigs, goats, sheep, horses, cows, everything, and they all live in peace together. Then that, that's amazing. And there is even a donkey. And, and I was, um, you know, I saw that donkey, very nice uh, donkey, and uh, the uh, owner of that area said, "Well, you know." that you can see this donkey is due to your team because this donkey came here pregnant and the baby inside the mother uh, died and there were two options only option number one an injection which cost 100 uh, euros and i <clears throat> we could just afford this the other option was a uh, very complete, uh, very complicated surgery costs 7,000 euros and the team paid for it. So the donkey was saying, you know, I love, you know, when, when you then look into the eyes of, of, of such an animal that is happy to be alive, then, you know, yeah, that's the right way.
Very good. So, so the profits and the the, the revenue that's coming from that sort of uh, business that you're also involved in, you're you're also able to do some good things. Yes, um, yeah. we we pay for the um, uh, you know, also for uh, picking up plastic from the ocean, the ocean cleanup project. Uh, we pay just several times fifty thousand euros or something. Yeah, very good, very good, excellent, excellent. Well, Arnie, before we run out of time, I want to ask you a couple of other questions, if I can. And thank you for sharing everything you've done so far. Um, we've talked a little bit about your own book, but I'm interested when you read, whether for, for business or for pleasure, what are the kind of things that you read? Are you an audio book person? Do you read, you know, books off a bookshelf? Uh, are you searching white papers and documents online? What do you read? What are the, what are the genre, genres? What do you like? <laughs> Well, what I uh, I like uh, when I read a book, I I really love to have it in my hands. So I'm I'm, I'm not a person which is have having uh, you know something like a Kindle or ebook reader. I, I don't have that. <laughs> and well, I I love to read books you know about uh, psychology. Yes, especially I love to read books from. Uh, or about Milton Erickson, which whom I admire very much. I learned a lot of from him, even though we never met. And uh, <clears throat> I love to read um, books, uh, crime stories or spy stories. So for entertainment, uh, um, yeah, so. Very good, very good. So you're a fit. You like the physical book. You like to hold the book. You like yes. that sort of yes. experience. And uh, it seems to be a mixture then of the psychology, and I suppose also a little bit of the keeping the mind ticking over with the crime uh, genre. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're not alone there. I think that's a very popular genre for sure. Um, when you when you look over your career and your life to date, Arnie. Are the people there must be people you've mentioned some great doctors and and some very uh, well known and well respected people already, but there must be people that you really admire uh, that stand out to you that you that you really look up to. Um, who who would you know? What would those kind of people be to you? Who would they be? Uh, it, it yeah, it, it would be uh, Doctor Andrew Williams. Yes, and. Um... Um, I really admire also my wife, uh, which is, um, we are very, very happy together because we share the same sense of humor. So we laugh a lot and, uh, yeah, that's and we lovely. laugh too. Yeah, that's really lovely. And, and I'm very, very grateful for that because I, I know how difficult it is, it is to find a person which fits that much to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's lovely. Thanks for sharing that. Um, when you when you think about advice that you've received, uh, you, I'm thinking back to when you were talking with the military, when you did the first sort of, you were sharing the questions and you were given some advice or some things to change or tweak maybe. But, but throughout your life, it, this could be from your childhood or it could be from your business endeavors uh, or your studies. What's the best advice that you think you've ever received? Or if you share advice with people, what, what advice do you like to pass on? What stayed with you? 
Well, yeah, actually, it's it's, it's the mirror example. That's I think the most important one. And the other one was uh, from my uh, teacher in physics. If you don't uh, if you don't have the knowledge, simply study it, and you get the knowledge. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. But the mirror, the mirror is number one, right? You yes, stick yes. With that. Yeah. Okay. Very good. As we as we record this, we've got a, a new exciting year ahead. I'm just wondering, in from your perspective, when you think about your next three months, your next six months, your next twelve months, what's taking up your mental capacity? What are you focused on? What are you hoping to achieve over the next year? What are you thinking about? Well, currently, I'm 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 working very much on on the identity compass system uh, to implement uh, the twenty first language, which is Turkish, and uh, um working on new options in the in the software the whole system is by the way online it's 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 a cloud-based software so you can run it even from your smartphone and uh, um i i've got a lot of ideas to be implemented there and uh yeah so i keep my programmers busy <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you've got a, another year of heavy development ahead. Yeah. So that's great. Uh, no. <laughs> Years. Years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, so, uh, go on. There, there are um, the ideas I originally had for the identity compass. Uh, they're still, and that was 27 years, yeah, 28 years ago. Actually, I started in 95, in January 95. So it's 28 years ago. And it's still not everything, uh, not yet implemented. That's a lifetime of the, passion right there. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, and the point is, once you have implemented something, then you find out, oh, shit, yeah, there could be something more. <laughs> so there are always new ideas. Uh, even though the original ideas not get implemented, but, but many many other things I was I wasn't thinking of at that time uh, are implemented now by now. So it's 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 a it's a great system, easy to use, and yeah, yeah, and it it comes across. You obviously love this stuff. I mean, you're obviously looking yes, I I definitely do. Yeah, because it helps people so much, and and I I love to support people so that they can be their best version of themselves. I was going to say, before we finish today, uh, yeah. Holly, I just want to ask you, is there, any, is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to share with our audience today? And if people wanted to reach out to you or to find out more about all the things we've been talking about, particularly I'm thinking of the book and, of course, the identity compass, where's the best place that people can find you? Um, probably best my, my website, identitycompass.com. And uh, you can even download there for free uh, the chapter eight uh, of my book, uh, which was written by Dr. Darren Stevens from the UK, uh, by Barbara Walter from Germany and by myself. Uh, so that was a corporate work. Um, our cooperation uh, work um, and we had um, 
it shows you the level of adult development, which we can measure also with the identity compass. So the awareness quotient and the thinking quotient, and he explains it a little bit about it. And you can download um, that chapter eight. Um, that's that was that's the main difference between uh, it, the third and the fourth edition uh, of my book is that chapter eight, that new chapter eight, and you can download it for free. Well, that's great. So people should head over to the identitycompass.com and check that out for sure. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Well, look. Arnie, that brings us nicely to the end of this episode today uh, of the global discussion. And uh, I want to thank you for being here today and to our audience for watching or listening this episode of the global discussion and to ask people to like, follow, subscribe, do all the normal things you do with a podcast. We certainly would appreciate it. And I hope that people tune in again to listen or watch a new episode where we, once again, we'll talk to creatives leaders and thinkers and all that's left for me is to say thank you very much indeed on it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you again thanks for your time today well i thank you very much my pleasure